Hello and welcome to the Do One Better podcast in philanthropy, sustainability, and social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Alberto Ligi from London. Please click that subscribe button if you haven't already, and please share widely with others as well. It makes a huge difference indeed. Today we are talking about early childhood development, or ECD, within an Australian context. And we have the wonderful Jay Weatherill on the show. Jay is a former premier of South Australia and the chief executive officer of Thrive by Five. And Thrive by Five is an initiative of the Mindaroo Foundation, one of the largest philanthropic outfits in Australia and the region. We're going to be looking at the work they do, the ECD landscape as well, and the new parenting app that they're launching in Australia and internationally. So it's a fascinating conversation for anybody who cares about early childhood development and the well-being of our society more broadly. And so stay tuned for that. Now, before we kick things off, I'd like to extend a heartfelt thanks to our sponsors, Quilt AI. Quilt AI is an artificial intelligence-powered consumer insights and market research platform. They currently work with approximately 100 clients, ranging from large corporates such as Coca-Cola, Unilever, and Visa, to technology companies such as Twitter and Amazon, and large philanthropic organizations such as the Gates Foundation, the World Bank, Girl Effect, the UN, and Children's Investment Fund Foundation. With 6 million data sources and hundreds of AI models, they're able to answer any consumer or beneficiary research problem across more than 90 countries. And in 2019, their mission-based technology approach led The Economist to calling them an AI for good company. So do check them out at quilt.ai. As I mentioned a minute ago, it is a pleasure to welcome onto the show Jay Weatherill. Jay, welcome onto the Do One Better podcast today. Thank you, Alberto. Lovely to be with you. Excellent. Well, thank you for making the time. I know you're out there in Australia, a few hours ahead of, of us here in London. Why don't we start by finding out a little bit about the Mindaroo Foundation and the Thrive by Five initiative? Yeah, so it really started about 21 years ago. Uh, Nicola and Andrew Forrest, uh, two philanthropists here in in uh, Western Australia, Australia, and it really started as it started life actually as the Australian Children's Trust. Uh, so a small amount of funding, I think about a million dollars, that they started investing when they began their philanthropic careers in um, really disadvantaged children, dealing with children in need, sort of small grants uh, to worthy causes. Then they became very successful business people. And now the foundation is has grown to um, about $2.5 billion. So it's uh, the second largest philanthropy in, in uh, uh, Australasia. Uh, not all of that now is early childhood. It now does about 10 or 11 different things, including, uh, you know, the COVID response, the uh, plastics in the ocean, uh, overfishing in the ocean, cancer, any modern slavery. So a whole, uh, a whole broad cross-section of things. But one of the things that, it, that it's done consistently from that time to this is Thrive by Five, uh, which is the Early Childhood Development Initiative. And uh, it remains really a key passion of Nicola Forrest and also Andrew Forrest. And, uh, uh, and they've been on a bit of a journey, uh, but um, they've now arrived at uh, really... Um, quite a, a strategic set of uh, initiatives that, that seek to advance this agenda. Right. And so, I mean, early childhood development, 
so highly consequential to the the expected life outcomes of an individual and do people get that in australia what's the what's the mindset in australia broadly speaking right now about ecd or early childhood development i think people think it's important but i don't think they fully appreciate the extent of its importance and uh, and the evidence that we see when when people are confronted with the the facts about the way in which a child's brain develops you know how you know, a million neural connections every second, how profound that, that period of growth is in the first five years. 90% of the, the volume of child's brain is built out in that first, first five years. They go from thinking it's important uh, to thinking it's vital. Uh, and um, so you, you can, through putting information in front of people, really shift uh, sentiment and people I, I think you know most people would say oh, yeah it's important to to look after the little children but I think that there's there's another step to be taken to show them how profound it is for the child's well-being and health and learning and behavioral trajectory for the whole of their life uh, and when they understand that they, they look at it with fresh eyes and you start to get more motivation right and the thrive by five initiative itself so tell me a little bit about how, how it operates within the Mindaroo Foundation and, and what Thrive by Five looks like. Yeah, so it's been on a bit of a journey. It started, as I said, with grants programs for worthy causes for disadvantaged children. Uh, then it started to, as it put more resources in it, it started to publish evidence papers about the importance of childhood. In fact, it published with the um, early uh, intervention foundation i think in in britain to produce a report called the cost of late intervention which demonstrated that because of our failure to intervene early we're, we're costing our uh, economy you know many tens of billions of dollars per annum and so so those sort of thought leadership pieces demonstration projects to show what best practice looks like uh, and um, a domestic parenting app that we partnered with the Bezos Foundation Broom. So th those were the types of things that we engaged in. But it really, I think that the founders of the, the foundation were quite frustrated with the pace of change they were seeing from political leaders in responding to the agenda. And so in the last two years, we've, we've really uh, cranked up our efforts to to really focus on uh, a campaign to put early childhood development on the, the national political agenda and campaign for systems change. So, so, we, so what we now focus on really is three things. Demonstration projects, which is showing what, you know, what a great system could look like. Change, uh, systems change, trying to get governments to act. And then empowering parents by putting information in their hands so that they can actually change the trajectory of their own child's sort of life. So those are the three things. So we sort of operate, if you like, a community, a society, and also the individual. That's our that's our push. You look remarkably refreshed for somebody who's doing so many things. <laughs> well, I've, I've just I've just spent a long time in uh, quarantine, so I've had plenty of time to to sit down <laughs> and read and watch and watch uh, streaming services. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Now, regarding the campaigning that you mentioned a little bit earlier, it, it certainly must help that you have a great deal of experience having been a, a premier of South Australia uh, to navigate the political uh, political waters, as it were, right? Yeah, and I, I mean, I, hopefully what I've tried to bring to the foundation is 
the the analysis that um, you need more than a good argument to get the political process to move. You actually need to create pressure for change. And what we try to do is create a social movement for change. So a camp, just just campaigning. Uh, you know, we've got about seventy thousand supporters. Uh, we've got a small cater of uh, of activists who meet weekly, about fifty organisations, uh, and we we're out there. Publicly today, I did a television interview looking at trying to, to make sure that, that young children are not forgotten in our response to the COVID pandemic, which has had a massive surge here in this, in this country. Uh, and so we're, we're always looking at ways in which we can try and draw attention to the, the challenges of early childhood and what needs to change uh, so we generate um, uh, essentially support for our campaign objectives, which are universal high-quality early childhood development system for our country. Mm. And you touched on this. Uh, I always find these platforms, these uh, tech innovations really uh, interesting in terms of the opportunity they can create. You mentioned you developed this new uh, parenting app and you said with the with the Bezos Family Foundation, I, I guess, or in conjunction yeah. with there. So we've, we've, we've had a current parenting app, which we've worked with Bezos Foundation, which is our domestic app. But we've also now branched out internationally and we're, we're, we're actually uh, doing that on our own. So we've struck out on our own to create a new, uh, a new platform. Uh, and it's called Thrive by Five, as, as you would imagine, which is the name of our, uh, our initiative. Um, and as the name suggests, obviously we want children to be flourishing by the time they reach five years of age. So it's not just about addressing disadvantage, it's make sure that every child is the very best they can be. And this really comes down to the way in which their brain develops. And, and that really comes down to the, really the back and forth reciprocity of, of uh, interactions between uh, parents and, and caregivers and other people in the lives of children and the way in which that stimulates the, the connections that occur in a child's brain. And these, the, this is fundamental for the building of all later capacity, uh, well-being and, and uh, learning. And, um, once, once people understand that, I think, and, and are shown that in a way which is meaningful for them, it becomes un impossible to unlearn. Uh, and we've, we've also struck out and created, um, I don't know whether you've noticed, but we, we created a TED Talk for um, a, uh, a little girl called Molly, who's seven-year-old when she recorded it. It's, uh, we say, the world's youngest TED Talk. Excellent. And uh, last Last year, it, it actually was the top of uh, TED's uh, platform for uh, most popular downloaded TED Talks. So, um, and it's a little story about a child speaking to adults on a stage, essentially about how children's brains develop. And there's another little baby there that comes on stage and they, we do a little experiment about the way in which the child interacts with, their, with, their, uh, with the adult in their lives. And the, the byline, of course, is the, how peekaboo can change the world. And uh, it's about how those little games, which seem so trivial and, and fun, uh, are so profound in the way in which they wire up a child's brain. And there's a little experiment we do, which is, which is where the, the father uh, gets engaged with his iPad and ignores the child for a little while and see the way in which that creates uh, you know, the, um, a small amount of distress. We don't let it go on for too long, but it's a sort of a, uh, you know, there's uh, this whole idea of, of actually getting busy in your life and not interacting with children is, is, of course, quite profound in this regard. Absolutely. 
And little interactions make a big difference. I know sometimes we think, oh, the little child won't understand what I'm reading or saying, but actually they're like a sponge, right? I mean, they're taking everything. Well, it, it, it is, I mean, the, the, the frightening thing is, you know, at age seven months, that's the peak level of language development in a child. Now, when you think that a child's sort of not talking for a couple of years, what's happening when you're talking to them is you're wiring up the language part of their brain. So that when, when they are forming words, you've, all these connections have actually been made. So, you know, there, there's nothing more profound than reading for a child. And, um, and you can do that right from the start, but from, from the, you know, from the moment that they, um, they're in the world, you know, you can, Absolutely. you can show them images and talk to them. And even the process of, of holding a child, talking to them, and you know the because what what's happening in that process is quite profound. You're stimulating simultaneously uh, a series of sensing pathways, and by doing that, you're making profound connections. That's wiring a baby's brain up for for later capacity. And tell me about the app itself. What is it that you want? Um, what's it look like? What do you want to parents to get out of it? Um, give us a little bit of a flavor for this app. So the, the app is, uh, the starting point is that we want to start where parents are at. So we're, we're, it's, uh, we've made a really big effort to, to start with traditional parenting practices because many of them are actually really valuable. Uh, and we want to make, the last thing we want to do is to lecture parents and tell them that they're, because everyone's pretty guilty about their parenting anyway and so what we want to do is to empower parents to make them feel good about their parenting so we start with traditional parenting practices so like peekaboo you know something that people are familiar with you know blowing raspberries on a child's sort of belly all those things that we do you know probably because our parents did them to us and we did them instinctively and we do them because they're fun but we show them the, the neuroscience behind some of these things and why they're important so we can encourage parents to do more of them. Uh, and in different cultures, it will be different things. In Afghanistan, you know, where there's a cultural practice of kite flying, you know, that, 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 that can be a, a profound uh, sort of cultural practice. In another community in Central Africa, uh, where there's a cultural practice of um, uh, having sharing breastfeeding, we talk about the, the importance of that and how profound that is for for not only a child's sort of nutritional development, but also much the interaction and well-being between the other adults in the children's lives. So we're we're trying to actually reach parents where they are at, and then demonstrate to them the importance of these uh, of these practices and the way they're so profound in the development of their their child. Um, and what we're hoping to do is, but by sort of educating parents about the the, the brain story, essentially. Uh, they can go on and do, you know, they can make up their own uh, games and, and apply them in their own context. And, and you know, once they understand how valuable they are, that they'll see that this is more than just a game. This is actually profoundly important for their child's development. Mm -hmm. So as a parent, it's sort of the app would be a, a focal point of uh, useful information, ideas of things to do. Yeah, tips, basically parenting tips. And then you can record them as well. And we, we, we've actually, um, using a technological platform, which, is, which will really work on about 60 or 70 different iPhones, so even the really quite dumb phones it will work on without, without you don't need the latest iPhone 
for it to work on. And also low connectivity. We don't we want to actually make it work in in places that have quite low connectivity as well. So we we've we've really tailored it to tailored it to uh, lots of different cultural and technological contexts. Uh, and we also have a it also has a reading uh, mechanism. So people that are are less um, proficient in the written word, uh, we have a, a, a spoken word as well, which uh, can, and in, in lots of different languages, so you can switch between languages. And so you've, you've launched this already in Australia? No, it's just a, not, not yet. It's just in a, it's in a, uh, it's in an almost final format. It's, it's about to be worked out and uh, we'll be making that launch, um, I think, in the, the first uh, quarter of next year, of this year. Sorry, it's, this is 2022. <laughs> We're already in 2022. <laughs> That's great. So you're looking to launch imminently with with the app in Australia and also internationally. You mentioned, I think, you're yeah. So I think we're culture. we're rolling it out internationally, and we 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 already have you know the Australian app, which is in partnership with Bezos, called Bright Tomorrows. Mm -hmm. So that exists just for Australian audiences, but uh, this new uh, app is going to reach out to to uh, uh, international audiences. Yeah, great, and. Uh, Many people think, oh, I'd like to have an app. And, you know, you, you hear that around boardrooms quite a bit sometimes. But how, how challenging is it or was it to, to get this done? Well, it is, it, it's, you know, there's a sort of paradox that sits at the heart of an app because we want parents to put their phones down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, in a, in a way, we're trying to, we don't want people to be obsessed with their, their, their iPhones. We want them to, to use this as a resource. So what what accompanies the app is sort of an awareness campaign. So the TED Talk is partly also an awareness campaign, which we're hoping to, to play in hospitals and in antenatal classes. So the parents, when they're in that process where they're really drinking in a whole lot of new information, they get this information about the brain story. So, you know, typically we they're taught, you know, breastfeeding and changing nappies and, and the basics. What they're not taught is the, the way in which a child's brain develops. And so now we're hoping that to become a common feature of the, you know, as an essential part of the, the information to support parents. And knowing that, it, it switches a light bulb on for parents. So we're at, the evidence is that once people see this, they, 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 they find it really profound information. It changes the way they, that they um, expect to go about parenting. Um, and uh, we, which you know we could we could have the the effect of affecting many you know many millions of lives if we if we're able to actually give them these tools you know to support them and 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 have them understand and it's really interesting when you tell communities about this say even traditional communities they say oh we all this is very confirming for them because they they think this this makes sense to them you know nobody might have explained the neuroscience to them because. Is relatively new learning. I mean, last little thirty years or so. But it, it you know, it, it. I mean, people were doing these things well before we we knew about the neuroscience, before we knew how brains developed. And now this confirms, I think, uh, a lot of practices. Great. Will you be able to have visibility into sort of the levels of engagement and uptake and all of these things to see whether you're on the right track? Yeah. We're trying to build into the app sort of a, a basic evaluation process within the app itself, and where obviously evaluation and measurement is going to be crucial. Um, to the extent that we've been able to measure the impact of the um, 
uh, of the TED Talk and seeing the effect that that has when people get this story. Uh, extraordinary numbers of people talk about uh, how uh, that they found it valuable and that it will change their parenting uh, practices. So the initial information is quite good on uh, the way in which we've been presenting the information. And obviously apps are really about user experience. So we have to, we're testing and testing and making sure that this thing is useful and is insinuated into the lives of parents. And, you know, maybe, I mean, a lot of apps are, are designed to try and be sticky so they become, you know, so they're used a lot because there's a commercial imperative. We're less worried about that because we don't need to make money out of this app. It's not, it doesn't have any cross promotion. It's just for free, download for free, and it doesn't promote anything. So what we want to do is change behaviour. Now, it could be that, you know, once people get the idea of, of you know, what, what is working for their child, they might, the app might have done its job. You know, it might, it might, they might progress. They don't necessarily need to dip into it all the time, although we want to make the app as interesting and usable as possible. I mean, the photograph feature of taking pictures of your children about, we, we think that might be, because everyone loves, I love seeing photos of my children. In fact, what I love most about my iPhone is seeing old pictures pop up of my children. I mean, I think that's that's the best feature, I think, that's in the iPhone. Uh, and are we hoping that that might, that might be true for parents in using our, our app as well? Maybe they'll look back and see the experiences that cause their children to be engaged. And the, the app itself contains with it, you know, this idea of um, you know, five basic sort of domains. One is sort of play, connect, talk, and the other is community, connecting with the community and then a healthy home. So we, there are the five domains in which the app operates. But, you know, I think Western, I, I think the, the truth is Western notions of parenting are very individual, like, you know, almost the mother and the child and, you know, gaining help from, you know, a broader sort of community is almost seen like, you know, coping or a failure of some sort, whereas, if you look at more traditional societies, you know, it was a village that raised the child. Everybody in some communities, there were quite well-organised roles for, you know, the father, the mother-in-law, the uncle, the brother. Like they all had, they were all playing a, you know, it was a, it was a collective effort to raise this child. And there wasn't all this pressure on just the one individual who was expected to do and be everything for this child. So I think we put a lot of pressure on families. You know, I think they are. I think they do feel isolated. You know, and um, and that's that's even that's even fortunate. That's without anything going wrong. That's before you yeah. overlay, you know, challenges with mental health, intellectual incapacity, drug and alcohol abuse, domestic violence. You know, all those. I mean, you know, any family, I think, is it's a challenge to bring up a little child. This is a really you know, you're sleep deprived, you're, you know, you're trying to work out, like, how do you, you know, what's going on? This child keeps crying, like, you know, what am I doing wrong? Like, there, it's it's a very challenging time. That's without any, without the child having any particular needs, not without, a, that's before a child has a disability or some other special need. Um, so, you know, it's a really challenging period. Mm. If somebody's listening to this in country X, that perhaps might not be one of those 30 countries or markets where you're looking to expand, but they're thinking, well, we could do something like this. We could, we have local knowledge. We could inform you and, and we'd love to see this app come here. 
wherever here might be. Are those conversations you're keen to have with somebody? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, in fact, our modus operandi is that we only operate in countries where we have local partners. So we, so at this structure is the University of Sydney and our app developer, but then on the ground, we, we essentially need a, a local trusted uh, advisor first to, to, to form the relationship. Uh, ideally a trusted not-for-profit organisation on the ground in a particular country that can uh, that can assemble uh, the parents, uh, build a relationship of trust with those parents so that we can learn about the parenting practices. It might be to identify a local anthropologist with sufficient skill and capability. Uh, and, you know, ideally if that, you know, either that not-for-profit or, or another organisation to be a dissemination partner. Uh, one of our early relationships um, uh, was was in uh, Afghanistan uh, before things became difficult for us, and we had to put, put a bit of a pause on things. But the and we had we found an extraordinary partner there, the Bayat Foundation, and the Bayat Foundation not only ran a series of uh, maternal and child health uh, health facilities, but they also happened to run the local television and and also the uh, uh, the internet provider. So they were like the perfect, and, and, and that they were our perfect partner. So they found parents, they were able to locate local, local anthropologists, and they were also going to be the vehicle through which we could communicate with the, with the community about these things. And there were hospitals in which we could play the hospital video. So, you know, if we could find a foundation like that in every community, we would be in great. You'd be sad. <laughs> it's a bit unusual. <laughs> yeah, though. because you got, sure. Uh, but you got to make sure people are aware that this that this app exists, right? I mean, it's, exactly. if, if you have it, you got to create a demand for it, you know. And that's what the TED talk, Molly's TED talk, is to sort of say, show parents this, and they say, "Well, look, we need to know more about this. How do we, you know, how do I act on this?" And that's where the app is meant to come mm -hmm. in. So this is this is what you do. And maybe even flyers along uh, healthcare providers, yeah. home visitors, that sort of stuff. Yeah, it could be, depending on the technology, it could be as low-tech as pamphlets all the way through to radio, um, text messages, all the way through to, you know, the, the smartphone. You know, so you, go, you have a level of sophistication going up the technological sort of curve. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, was this always... In, so? Again, former former premier of South Australia. Now you're 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 chief executive of Thrive to Five and driving this forward. Um, interesting transition. Were you always keen on early childhood development from a policy perspective? Yeah. So I was I was a minister in the government for about sixteen years. The last uh, nine, uh, uh, last seven of which I was the premier. But so the first nine years, I was sort of in portfolios uh, that involved children, one way or another. And I was Minister for Early Childhood Development. So that's where I um, we, we were, I was exposed to this these set of ideas. And once you sort of hear about the way in which a child's brain develops, it's sort of impossible to think about anything else really from a policy sense. For me, it sort of felt like the answer to everything. Everything I was worried about, you know, whether it was homelessness or drug and alcohol abuse uh, or our future prosperity as a country, or the fate of our education system, all of these things I could trace back, or a mental health crisis, all of them I could trace back to the first five years. And, you know, you could, and if you, and if you just want to be, look at it in cruel, hard sort of dollar terms, 
you had a spare dollar and you wanted to shift the dial on any of those things, you'd always spend it in the first five years because it makes the most difference. Um, not only does it alleviate a whole lot of suffering, but it also saves a whole lot of treasure that you would otherwise spend fixing up the problems that have been created through not intervening early. So, you know, we, we've just got, you know, everybody talks, you know, people worried about their education systems or the university systems, you know. The trajectory is so profoundly established before the child walks through the school gate, and yet we spend so much time and, and effort worrying about things. You know, it's important to get school right and university right, but, gee, if you had a choice, you'd be talking about the early years um, all day and all yeah. night. Yeah. And tell me, so a key takeaway, is there one thing you'd love for the audience to keep in mind after they finish listening to today's episode? Our children learn right from the moment they're born. Excellent. Nice and short and right on the money. Perfect. Well, Jay, look, thank you so very much for joining us uh, on the Do One Better podcast today. Really informative and uh, inspiring as well. And, and I wish you success with the app and with everything you're doing, both in Australia and internationally. Thank you, Alberta. Real pleasure. Lovely to meet you. Perfect, and that's a wrap. You've been listening to a wonderful conversation with Jay Weatherill, Chief Executive Officer of Thrive by Five and former Premier of South Australia. Please click that subscribe button. If you haven't already, please share widely with others as well. It makes a huge difference indeed. Do leave us a review and a rating if you enjoy the show. And for further information about this episode and over 150 other interviews with remarkable thought leaders, just visit our website at liji.org. That's L-I-D-J-I dot org. Thanks so much as ever for tuning in, and I'll catch you next week.